All right, with Summer Huntington, thank you. Thank you for making the time today. Really excited to talk to you. Of course, yeah, stoked to be here. Hello, Shala in Bellingham, Washington, and club creator of Club Yoga. And you've studied with Scott Sana for 15 years, and personal mission is to is dedicated to, to teaching uh, flow state, right? Uh, to as many people as you can. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, once I kind of realized the power of this work, it's kind of like you can't, you can't turn back. Like once you know, you just, you just feel compelled to share it. And I feel like I've been equipped with a lot of tools with being able to learn from Scott from a really young age. We're talking like, like 21. Mm. <laughs> he got to me before I got any bad habits. I didn't even go the conventional lifting route. I went straight to club bells. So yeah, it's been powerful and I feel really honored to be able to share the work. So yeah, here we are. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you have a sports background? Did yeah. You, sports? What did you, what did, what, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. So I played um, a lot of ball sports in high school. I played volleyball, softball, um, and then I switched over to track and field and I was a pole vaulting athlete. And then I switched over to cross country and it was a scholar. I had a scholarship uh, to run division two uh, for Seattle Pacific University and um, also did some pole vaulting. And then I transitioned when I moved up to Bellingham to just focus on yoga. So actually it wasn't really a yoga person. I was more of like an, an athletic sort of person and personal trainer. And then I transitioned into yoga in my, in my 20s um, and met uh, Scott Sonnen and Jody in, in college. And the rest is history. <laughs> where, 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 where are you from? I was born and raised in California. So Orange County and- oh, okay. um, yeah. And then I've moved to Bellingham or I moved up to Washington as a teenager and then just slowly kept making my way closer and closer to Canada. And now I'm just right next to the border. Yeah. Did your, did your family, did your family move to Washington? Yeah. So my dad lived in Washington and my mom lived in California. And so I transitioned um, and just, I consider myself a Washingtonian now. I just feel like I love the rain and the moss and the foraging. There's a lot of like wild mushrooms here and there's a lot of, um, just like snow sports and mountain biking. I've been really getting into mountain biking lately. Just mm. got myself a mountain bike. So I'm pretty stoked to be in the flow state on the mountain, just downhill. Yeah, it's a hardcore sport, but I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, get into it this uh, spring, summer and fall. Nice, awesome, cool. Yeah. I like mountain biking, especially yeah. with mountains. And I'm sure there's a lot of hills and trail, cool trails huh? up where you're at. Yeah, actually, uh, we have this trail or this mountain called Galbraith. And so it's like world renowned, like people come from all around. And so we have this like world class mountain biking system here that's grown and grown. And we have a lot of mountain biking companies here in Bellingham too. Uh, transition fanatic. So yeah, it's definitely like you'll we have a ton of breweries too in Bellingham. So people come here and live here for the lifestyle, because we're, we're like an hour away from snowboarding Mount Baker. And then we have uh, this Galbraith Hill, which is literally in town. It's like a 10 minute drive or 10 minute bike ride from the studio that I'm at right now. Yeah. It's crazy. When I, when I, when I've gone to Bellingham, it's like, it's literally like a couple exits away from Canada, right? Yeah. Just two or three exits. You're, and then you're in Vancouver. It's closer to go to Vancouver than it is to go to, um, to Seattle. So oh, really? I tend to go, yeah, I like going up there cause they have, they have awesome food and just lots of yoga studios and just cool beaches and stuff. So yeah, I'm a fan. Vancouver. Uh, how far? How far is Vancouver from Bellingham? It's about uh, an hour, um, hour and some change, and then Seattle is about an hour and a half. So it's 90 oh. miles south to get to Seattle, and it's only 45 to get 45 miles to get to Vancouver. But you got the border crossing; you got to factor in a bit too. Is that, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. 
you don't want to get stuck, right? Sometimes border border crossings can be tricky. Yes. Depending on who you're with. <laughs> yes. Travel exactly. with a lot of Brazilians, and sometimes like think people can get stuck at those things. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. Those border, yeah, they're just doing their job. I'm gonna yeah. make sure all of my other screens are turned off real quick because I I can hear a little bell, so I'm just leaving all my other screens. I apologize. Here we go. Okay, back. Um, so you know, going back to Scott, you know, how did you meet Scott? What was that? What was your first? <laughs> Um, how did that happen? Yeah, I remember it really vividly, actually. So I was interviewing with Jody. So I was there studying exercise science up at Western. Scott's wife, Jody, huh? Yeah, so Scott's wife is Jody, and she was looking for a nanny for her kids. And I had a lot of, like, caretaking experience, and I love kids. I'm a mom now, too. So, yeah, we just, me and Jody hit it off, and they hired me as the nanny. But, like, as I was in the interview, Scott saw, like, that I was an athlete, and I was a triathlete at that time, too. So he could just, like, tell that I had, like, an athletic sort of uh, way about me. And so he started kind of interviewing me for uh, some film production. And at that time, it was before TACFIT. It was, like, five years before TACFIT. And he was filming the, the encyclopedia of club bell training. And he needed a, like a model or female model to do it. And I think Jody's sister had been doing the modeling prior to that. She's blonde and um, she's been an, in a few of the old school ones as well. And so he asked me if I would uh, film or be a model for this, this uh, encyclopedia of club ball training. And I had never heard of clubs. I didn't really um, know what they were. I was really just a personal trainer, like, you know, using machines, lifting weights, picking them up, putting them down, had zero idea that there was this like, guru and he had a whole following of people that came to seminars at that time he had a whole team of faculty coaches so he had been doing this work for probably like I don't know eight to nine years at that time and I had kind of stepped in right then um, and then I got to learn directly from him so he coached me so that I'd be able to be proficient in the movements uh, on film and uh, we've got a fancy like Lululemon like you know hundred dollar yoga pants at the time I'm a college student I'm like oh my god I'm wearing these hundred dollar yoga pants like I was just really excited but also really nervous and I almost backed out um, of the video shoot because as a young girl like it was a lot to be in front of the camera and to be you know the person modeling this stuff so uh, I'm glad I worked through that because it's led to a lot of opportunities with being able to attend his seminars as a guest for many, many years before I started Club o Yoga. I got to just go to seminars like twice a year as a guest and that was amazing. So got to know their family really well and um, yeah, just really grateful. He's been a great mentor to me for a lot of years and gave me a lot of uh, help with uh, Club o Yoga and creating it very similarly to TACFIT. The Primal 12 was really similar to TACFIT. So. Yeah. So what, what, what attracted you to train, to want to train with them? You know, you, you know, the club was so different and like this type of training was so different. What attracted you? What, what made you want to, you know, keep learning in this, this way, this different way? Um, I would say showing up at those seminars and just the, the level of knowledge that he had at that time was so foreign. Like mobility was not a thing. It was not a popular thing at all. He was just may as well have been speaking another language like Chinese or something. <laughs> Uh, because a lot of that stuff they just didn't touch on. And I was in school for it. I was studying exercise science and we didn't talk about fascia. We didn't talk about neuroplasticity. Like we didn't talk about the neuroimmunoendocrine response, none of that stuff. So I just was a sponge for like a good four to five years and just like a fly on the wall. And people would introduce themselves to me and say, hey, Summer, you're on the video. And I'd be like so shy and I'd be like, yeah. And they'd just like go tuck my head in the corner. But I think what, after being exposed to it, the repetition of being like, okay, uh, this stuff's pretty awesome. And then getting into flow fit, like we would do the flow fit tests. Um, I remember like doing rounds of flow fit and I'm like, there's something to this. Like, I think I need to like 
shift over to this completely. And so then I just made the choice to just let go of any conventional lifting and any of my personal training clients. I was like, Nope, not going to train any conventional lifts, only clubs and only tack fit style and only like flow fit style. Mm. And that I'd say there's, yeah, the, what attracted me to it is just, it's better. <laughs> better is better. What, what, do you remember any things that made you like a believer? Um, in moments. Gosh, I would say There's one like thing that man, really, like, this, this is legit. This is, yeah. So this is, this is the way. Sure. So I was kind of always like the weirdo, like bringing the clubs to the YMCA. Like anytime I wanted to go train at another facility, I had to manually bring my own equipment. And so you have to like be okay with being looked at and gawked at for doing neck mobility and all the things. So I committed my own personal practice to being only doing clubs and only training those systems. And then I was um, training as a personal trainer in New York City. I had uh, worked at a private personal training studio on the Upper East Side, and I had a lot of super like high-level clients that were athletes, and they would train like five to seven days a week. And so at that facility, uh, the woman who owned it insisted that I train conventional. And I've been training clubs for like five, six years this time. I knew how amazing they were. I did it with all my private training clients back home. And then when I moved to New York, I had to like do the conventional way. And I saw so many injuries in that one year that I did personal training and not necessarily always from me, but I had clients that got injured in their neck just from doing lap pull downs. So when you see somebody in pain because they are trying to get better, like that's just not okay. And so I, I trained for that woman for a year, just getting my feet wet in uh, New York. Just, you know, as a trainer, you're just survival mode. You, you, gotta lived, you lived in New York for how many years? I lived there for two years. Mm. So that first year I did conventional training. I was their top performing trainer and I integrated a lot of the mobility stuff in there, but I still had to kind of like make it look like I was still doing conventional. And then that second year I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I can't handle people getting injured. Screw this. And so then I just, that's actually when I founded Club Bell Yoga. So I started taking my club bells in New York City on my bike or in the subway, I would take them to my clients' houses or they would buy their own. And so they had their own clubs. And so I started training them where we basically would do little tack fit workouts on a yoga mat. And so I was a yoga teacher and I had the tack fit knowledge. And so I would do a hybrid of tack fit and, and yoga. And then eventually I was like, let's just put the clubs with the yoga and see what happens. And then um, I just pitched the idea to Scott wrote, and he's like, yep, this is awesome. And I, I paid for a, video filmer to do this like video of me on a rooftop in New York. I found a guy, I think I found him on Craigslist, paid like a couple hundred bucks and was like club bell yoga on the rooftops. And then it went viral, it went, not viral, but back then it was like a lot, like a few thousand, you know, from being no, like not really known at all to like a few thousand hits in a day and people in London, like asking me to come teach seminars from one video. I was like, okay. You know, like club bell yoga, like there's one of the, the things in the copy said uh action potential <laughs> and so when i was first starting i was like what's what's action potential so why should somebody do do club bell with a yoga with, do yoga with club bell sure um so in action potential mm -hmm. yeah i'd love to explain that concept it's actually in that program so the mechanism behind why club bell yoga makes people better at yoga is uh, post-activation potentiation but that's a mouthful. And so Scott was actually, I think he recommended to change it to action potential, mm -hmm. but the true mechanism for why you do a loaded asana. So let's say I do like warrior two, I got a club in my hand. I do warrior two to skandasana and do that for reps. Like I'm doing 90, 30. Mm -hmm. So I'm drilling that movement pattern with a light load. 
And what happens is as I take that load through those degrees of freedom, there's actually five degrees of freedom present in that tr specific transition. So as I'm taking the load through the six, those five out of six degrees of freedom, my muscles store the contractile history of the load so that when I take the load away, what's left is more motor recruitment and more power. So essentially I can, I can move with more speed, more precision because I've, I've, tra I've trained that transition under load. So that is how, that's why we named it action potential because uh, it's just a shorter version, a shorter way to kind of get that concept across and it's written basically, all. Basically when you, when you have a club you have some weight, right? You feel it, you feel it, right? You feel the, the load and it helps you connect to your, your body without it when you take it out, right? Better? Yeah, Pretty yeah, much? exactly. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, so that's actually used in, uh, I'm like a, kind of a big nerd, so I used to like look up a lot of white paper research on this stuff, and one of my colleagues in grad school, she was a softball coach, and she was studying PAP, post-activation potential, and so the, it shows up in other athletic sports, like um, let's say we're to, she was a softball coach, and so her team, she, would she was testing the PAP, the post-activation potentiation, of swinging a baseball bat with a chain loaded or chain tied to it on a fence. Mm -hmm. So you swing hard and then you hit that resistance. You swing hard. So you're basically recruiting all of the motor units along the entire kinetic chain so that, that that's mapped and that you can fire that quickly and succinctly. And then when you take the chain away, what's left is a faster swing. So it's, it's seen in, uh, yeah, in a lot of different like sports applications, but that's how it appears in the yoga is because we're teaching people to have shoulder pack, countercoxic alignment, you know, all the club mechanics. Key components, seven key components, yeah. Yeah, so we're teaching the seven, the seven key components of little clubs, lighter clubs through yoga asana, and it just supercharges our athletes. So it's been a great entryway into mobility for people that that say they're inflexible or they, they are not good at yoga. It's like, you just haven't tried clubbell yoga. So you can be good at yoga. You just need to train it and condition it. it makes you so better. You, so you can't get it wrong. <laughs> you know, I have a, like the, you, you mentioned the, 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 you know, people, cause I'd asked you earlier, uh, if there's a moment that make you made you like a believer and you just kind of got tired of people getting hurt. Right. Right. And, and that, same with yoga. Point, yeah. Yeah. So, and so you, you, you kind of like started doing all the interflows and all the CST, you know, tactic things, right? And so like for me, I had a moment where I got thrown on my head and it was like this one thing, right? That I just never forgot. And usually, you know, it's like 46 weeks and it never really hurt, heals, right? And uh, then you take like some pain pills and you just, you know, basically can't do anything. But Scott showed me like some, you know, basically some interflow, some basic movements mm -hmm. for my neck. And I was able to heal myself within pretty much like a week. Right. And it blew my mind. You know, I just never forgot about it. And that was really like my, that's what, that's what stayed with me for all these years, you know, and that's what brought me, you know, he trained me like all these years ago, right. And for like one of my UFC fights, but I just never forgot that, you know, so that's why I was asking you about that. You know, if you, if you had like a, maybe an, a, even a moment for yourself that you're like, man, this is like legit. You right? uh, yeah. know, I, I felt it so much in myself that I was like, you know, what's, so I was curious if you had that for yourself. Um, I did have actually a recent uh, pretty serious injury with a shoulder dislocation. Mm -hmm. So see that little box back there? That's a, that's a plyo box, but I use other um, type of 
like circus performing higher boxes where I do like steel maze performance or I'll do like certain sort of dance performances. That's kind of where my flow practice has evolved into is performance on a stage uh -huh. in front of people. Uh, but I was doing this, um, this move where I was balancing, doing like an arm balance on the box. And then I fell off the box when I was trying to catch myself and look, make it look like basically like a 60 flow. Um, but I was on my left side and it was moving too fast and I just, I caught myself in a funky angle. So I had an anterior dislocate where my shoulder literally was hanging down about down here, about five inches from my shoulder. I had to hold it up and this was literally two months ago. And, uh, my, uh, I live at a, at a community, but one of my roommates came in and she looked up a diagram for how to put it into place. And then I was wearing a sling. So it was like a pretty serious injury. I should have gone to the ER for it. Um, but I wore the sling. I did. I just iced it and rested it until I could start doing mobility. And I have one of my colleagues. She's like, "You're gonna have frozen shoulder. Don't move it. Don't do anything." And I'm like, "I know my body. I know that I need to not just immobilize it because then it's gonna be stuck there, and all the scar tissue is gonna start happening." So I listened to my body, and I also just I just did just baby like into flow, just the most basic things. And then I did uh, self myofascial release with with some balls, just releasing the scar tissue. So just started there and then i started using a wooden <laughs> club so i have like a like a prototype of the original club bell yoga we made a bunch of wooden ones that were tiny like and indian, i still have a couple like indian clubs like wooden they are just like dowels it was but, just like an idea for like the first phase of club bell yoga it was like yogis like wood things let's use a, a, a yoga thing instead of a metal thing that's scary to yogis but i like the clubs the clubs are better um so i started doing my shoulder casts my side flag and then my shield cast with the light dowel and my range was tiny it was like not the full range of motion at all but i just slowly progressed and slowly built up and it was it's that's the like if i could teach anyone like new to clubs those components of just regular cast modified side flag cast and shield casting like for people that have shoulder injuries that's like some magic it'll change some magic life. juju it'll change life. yeah for yeah sure. I mean, yeah. it's great. you know, that, that's basically yeah, the, 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 what I do with my athlete, my jiu-jitsu athletes and fighters, you know, like you, sometimes they go to the doctor and they put them in a sling, right? And like the worst thing, but so I have them do basically like interflow, of course, always staying out of pain, but I like how you said it, baby, baby interflow, and <laughs> full interflow, but that's like, that's all, right? That's, that's, it's pretty crazy. Not always, right? But man, so much, so many times it can really help them. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm like two months away from that injury, and I can do um, I can do all the things I could do. I'm still working with a lighter mace, and I'm I'm mm. still working with my ten pound clubs, um, just because I want to take it easy. I have no one to oppress here. That was like a pretty serious injury, and I just want to make sure everything's good. Uh, but I think I've drastically uh, sped up the the recovery duration by doing into flow regularly, doing all my shoulder mobs. I actually led a shoulder mobility workshop like an hour long here at the Flow Shala. Nice. Um, with all the closed chain mobility drills from FlowFit. And so just like piece together all those. So the ones that no one likes to do, I don't know if you know the ones where you're like on your belly, your arms are out and you're sweeping your arms underneath, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Nice. All the closed chain ones. The closed chain mobility drills are, are super just powerful. So yeah, love that stuff. I love having a big toolbox to heal myself because it's like you can do an hour of just shoulder mobility and then heal your, heal your shoulder. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I, I, went, I had to go to the warehouse, right, in Atlanta, the the attack for the RMAX, you know, uh, warehouse. And I went over there and it's just like crazy, like how much uh, content and just kind of things 
yeah, that they created, right? And Scott. And then when I go and I look, you know, a lot of it's like like a like a young, super young, you know, summer. You know, like all these books, all these DVDs, you know, it's just like crazy, you know. Um, um, so like it's it's yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to talk to you and kind of just talk a little, little about like the history, you know. Um, but it kind of just what what has like what has like training with Scott, what has it meant for you? Well, <laughs> that's a really big question, considering that I wouldn't have this place here. I wouldn't have been inspired to open the flow shala, which means house of flow, had I not been able to train with a master for that long and to be able to develop as a person and not just as a coach, but as a person, like there was like a lot of impact that his work and that his mentorship had on me. And I don't know why he chose me. I don't know why I got to be the one that got to train and go to all the seminars for nothing and be like part of the, the, you know, watch, I guess probably because I watched his kids for a bit, maybe, I don't know. I just felt like he saw something in me and he believed in me. And, and now, um, I've been able to pass that baton on. I mentor a lot of people for free too. And I really take that seriously, like pay it forward. You know, like there's, when I see a talented person or somebody with an, with a big heart or somebody that really wants to serve, I give them opportunities because that's what my coach did for me. So yeah. Is that, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot more to it. I mean, there's things he's taught me that, that happened even after. So it's interesting because I had a lot of FaceTime with him initially. And then over time he got busier and busier with a lot of his, you know, contracts and whatnot. Um, and I think, uh, I think, uh, the, the, as the contact got fewer and fewer, then he was giving me just tips. Like he, I think, or I think I shared this with you. He's like, master your business. <laughs> and I was like, you mastered the movement. Now, now you get a master business. And so I think as we become masters of our sport or master of flow or master, we really master this stuff. I think it's really important to integrate those principles of serving others into your business so that we can all collectively get stronger. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, he, you know, he believed, he, he believed in you. Do you think uh, as a coach belief, believing in your, you know, in, in your student, in your students and your athletes is important? To a point. Yeah. I think that you, you got to believe in them, but I think they need to believe in themselves too. Uh, and I've had, you know, some students where I give them all the tools, but they're just not ready to, to take it or they're not ready to step up and there's no pressure. There's no expectation. Um, but I think, yeah, believing in someone goes a really long way because sometimes people don't believe in themselves. If, if, but if you believe in them, they're like, oh, I'm worth this. Like I should, I should, you know, level up in these areas. So it's just yeah. person to person. People, they don't want to be helped, right? They don't want to, they don't want to make the changes. But uh, I think, I, I don't know, from my perspective, it, it help, really helps when you believe in people, right? It can, it can make that change, right? When you believe in somebody, when you have faith in somebody. That's why I was kind of following up with what you said that Scott believed in you and saw something in you and made you kind of go down this path, right? Go a different path. So. Yeah. I mean, he gave me a lot of freedom and to do whatever, like he trusted me. I think he gave me a lot of trust and I, I tend to do that with my coaches as well. I'm like, here's the framework. Here's the principles, like thing principles, like active coaching versus passive or cueing the mechanics of clubs or making sure you have a clear class plan where there's, we call it awakened condition practice in club yoga. It's similar to into flow and then the, the hit workout and then the decompensation is very similar, but it, the practice piece is the yoga piece and the 
awaken piece is also like yoga and into flow kind of combined. Um, but as long as we're following those principles and they have a framework, then they can, they can be a little bit creative with how they deliver it or make their own unique workouts. Um, so I think it's important to believe in people, give them a structure, but also trust them and trust your coaches to be able to, yeah, to deliver um, it in, in a way that's authentic to them and that resonates with them too. And I've seen some really creative, awesome takes on club yoga from coach Adrian or steel mace with Megan or Charlene's really a big fan of the club. So she just makes her own tactic style workouts all the time that are very scaled down for our, a lot of our female bodied uh, individuals here at the flow Shala. Um, but they're very accessible for people. And so people feel really empowered because the coach is really seeing who's in front of them and adapting it to them. Cool. You know, uh, you know, you had mentioned how kind of how you kind of added, like you started doing yoga and then, you know, you were using the clubs and it kind of morphed into club ball yoga. But I'm curious, like, like, and you, you moved back from New York to Bellingham. How did exactly did it? How did that conversation happen? How did it go? Hey, Scott, let's, let's do club ball yoga. Hey, or she he told you, Hey, Summer, why don't you do club ball yoga? How did it, how did it uh, come to fruition? Um, basically it went like this. I was like, Hey, I got this idea called club ball yoga he's like great write a manual I'm like cool okay I wrote a manual and I wrote the first club ball manual which I just like cringe when I see it because they're so that was like the first draft you know it's evolved a lot just like Tackfit probably evolved a lot from the starting point but the basic principles were in there mm -hmm. like the post activation potentiation all the poses with load are in there but at the time I didn't actually I didn't actually know that that was the mechanism like I just I hadn't ex I hadn't coached it on you know, thousands of humans at that time, I was just like doing it myself and like thinking this could be cool. So yeah, the, the talk went like this, make a manual, write it right here. <laughs> I, I submit it. Cool. Come to Bellingham. We're going to film a shoot. We shot it at that place with uh, inspire studio where the, there's like a brick background. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So we shot it. There was like fancy lights and um, yeah, just a film team. My first like full on video production and we nailed it. It was really good. It was just like three videos with how to get started with club yoga. And then I think the other programs that came out after that, um, I taught, I had a teacher training manual that first round. And so I think that first year was kind of just like checking it out, seeing how, it, how it's going. And the principles were there because it's grounded in the mobility condition and, and decompensation or, and flow, the practice pieces flow. Um, so yeah, we had just evolved it, uh, continued to uh, continued to evolve it year after year, and uh, but yeah, it kind of started with make a manual, let's do a video shoot, and then we had the product, and then we launched it, and then it was just like I was just putting content content up on Facebook. I have a Club L Yoga Facebook page. And this was pre Instagram days. I feel old when I, <laughs> when I talk about this. pre Instagram. I would just like put up these like super nerdy articles about club bells and how everyone should do club bell yoga. And I got so much, I got so much like, like a lot of people were really into it, but I got some flack from some yogis. They're like, this is not yoga. And so me and Scott had this like conversation and dialogue where we would kind of like counter those arguments and he would defend it and be like, what do you mean? It's not yoga. Look back at the ancient texts. They have like, they have staff, they have gata. Look at the Hindu deities. They're holding a, like a, like a, club <laughs> so yeah um that's how it started and just putting content up out all the time it was video content it was youtube content it was um and i taught a lot of seminars in that first little bit too that was fun you know is uh, is is club yoga only for females or do guys can, should guys do it too 
Oh, come on. We know the answer to that. <laughs> of course, you know, it's for yeah, everyone. I see, I see mainly women, right? But then you're like, guys, 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 you know, I, I see mainly females doing, doing it in the past, you know? Yeah, no, it's when and I why, and what well, my question is, why, 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 well, how is it good? How is it good? How's it good? So when I first started teaching seminars, I had a pretty good mix of guys and, and girls come okay. into those seminars. So the, I think the guys saw it as a, this is like a more manly way to do yoga. So they, they liked it because it had the clubs in there and the clubs, especially if they're black, the blue, sometimes they're, they're a little girly, but we get them black clubs. And I really the, the neoprene on the club, right? So it's soft. Yeah, yeah. So we we made like a special three pound club because the yogis like it was just too heavy that five pounder. Um, so yeah, why is it better? I mean, a lot better, of yoga. Really why is it? Why should why should they do it? Why should they do it? Not that it's better. Why should they do it? You know, why why is it how how and the actual potential right mm -hmm. for yoga? Like I'm just why why should I do it? You know, um, like sure. I've done, I brought you down for my for workshop and I've done like, uh, you know, we had a club down, uh, down here in LA in Burbank for, uh, you know, uh, club of yoga and flow fit, right. Seminar some years back. So uh, workshop. I'd say it depends on, on your goals. Like if your goals are to get more power and more range of motion and to be able to get more flexible and mobile, um, then club of yoga is a real fast track to get you there. If you, I've actually looked at what, what does it look like a, for a person doing yoga only for a year? Mm. Um, and then what does it look like for somebody that's entering the club of yoga practice on a four day wave for four mm. months and you can advance your mobility, um, in four months, what would take you a year to year plus to get in yoga. Yeah. So skandhasana, um, all of the access to the open hip postures like warrior two and extended side angle and triangle. Um, a lot of a lot of linear athletes that are really accustomed to doing squat patternings, which mm -hmm. is like the heave and pitch pattern, or surging where they're just going forward. A lot of them really lack. Can you explain that those those positions. Sure, sure. Yeah. So like a squat is um, heave and and pitch. So heave means going up and down. It's one of the six degrees of freedom. Degrees pitch, of freedom, which is like it's like an airplane, right? How the airplane. Yeah, aviation terms. So it's just like a it's just a lens that helps us be able to identify move, power leakages in yoga, or sorry, in just movement coaching in general, not just yoga. Mm -hmm. um, so um, athletes that tend to over specialize in heave and surge. So a lot of the conventional lifts tend to be just heaving and surging. Like you look at CrossFit, well, CrossFit's a little bit more diverse, but um, they're just doing a lot of the same, like those linear actions. And so the external rotation in the hip socket, like if I was to ask a CrossFit athlete to do warrior two, their, their bone is literally going to stop halfway into the pose. And so what we found is by drilling those open hip postures, so we have moves like warrior two lunge, warrior two switches, warrior two to skandhasana. These are just basically yoga transitions with a club bell. Mm. And when you train those and you train and meet the person where they're at, at their own personal edge, again, using those principles of mobility and not forcing it. But over time, you're shaving off the immobility. So you're allowing the ligaments and tendons within the hip socket mm. to get more elastic and the fascia to get more elastic and to be able to actually activate the musculature surrounding the hip socket. So you're, it, it's a fast track way to get that joint more mobile versus if I did yoga, I wouldn't have the activation potential, right? I would just be stretching and stretching and stretching and hoping that maybe someday my ligaments and tendons would get longer, but there's no activation or load. So that's why it's more advantageous for those 
athletes because when a, when an athlete has full range of motion in all ranges, like if I have a, a warrior two to skandasana, I have more range of motion in my hips, which means I can actually recruit more power for my sport and just live a more pain-free life nice. and be able to do yoga and not be in pain, which is a good thing too. You've done uh, you've done some 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 yoga yoga. What's your background? What what uh, education background? I guess in yoga. Sure. Yeah. So yoga. Um, I did my first two hundred hour teacher training in Baja, Mexico, at the Yandara Yoga Institute, mm -hmm. which is uh, ran by Craig Perkins, and uh, he basically runs this off grid facility where you go and you do like a twenty six day intensive, and you learn to meditate, you learn about the energetic centers, the chakras, and you do a daily practice in the morning and a silent meditation. So it's very much like living like a yogi for 26 days. And um, I was just trying to get my chops in teaching yoga, but I, I had been teaching yoga, yoga fit as well. So I did like a yoga fit teacher training and I was teaching that in college at the rec center. So I was already a yoga teacher when I went to that training, but it just it helped me build a bigger toolbox. So at the time when I founded Club Bell Yoga, I had that 200 hour teacher training under my belt and yoga fit and was teaching. Um, and then I did the club yoga. Uh, I started club yoga, wrote a, wrote a manual for that. And then I felt really compelled to continue to advance my, my um, teacher training knowledge and expand my hours there. So I did my 500 hour, which is the next level up in the, in the yoga credentials. It's a 500 hour teacher training with a yoga scholar and master named Noah Maze, who's based out of West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, one of his, uh, men, his faculty, his name's Rocky Heron, was also uh, one of my coaches and he loves club yoga and does a lot of the mobility stuff we do now too. So I got to study with them for like two years. And so I'd fly back and forth from LA for two years to complete that teacher training. And in that training, I just learned more about facilitation of teacher trainings and seminars. Uh, so it really helped me get that dialed in of how adults learn and how to um, also perform classical asana. Um, so there's a, a book called Light on Yoga written by BKS Iyengar, who's one of the original founders of yoga who brought it over from uh, the East. And so we studied a lot of Light on Yoga as our, as our uh, textbook or like our uh, reference point. So I got to learn a lot of the classical asana and it's really cool to see that you can put a club bell in all the classical asana, except they're really bendy, really bendy poses, but you can put it in all the power poses. Just yeah. cool. I mean, like from, from me coming from a, like a fighter kind of jujitsu perspective, mm -hmm. I just think it's cool. You know, I think it's cool. You have a body weight, but then you have, you have these tools, right. That can help you be, make yourself better and do better in yoga. So that's amazing. Why, why wouldn't you do it? Right. That's, that's exactly. why I feel like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, think, I think a lot of yogis over-specialize, and, and I think that leads to a lot of injury too. So this is a great cross-training modality, and I always say it's, it's not meant to replace your, your spiritual yoga practice, but this is a cross-training modality that's really going to help you get stronger so that you don't get injured and you have more longevity in that sport. And if you're not a yogi, this is going to give you an entry point into actually accessing those poses so that you can get the deeper meditative and therapeutic benefits of a true yoga practice because you're not sitting there in pain because your hip doesn't want to go into that position. Yeah. Yeah. Going, going to the club belt, like design of the, you know, we're talking about the, the club of yoga. It's like a neoprene finish. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the regular, you know, CST, you know, the, the, the club belt, the black ones. Yeah. Like those. <laughs> And so like the five pounder, it's long, a little bit longer, right? Like what's, what's the, was there a reasoning behind like the club of yoga being a little bit shorter and that design? 
I um, did not design it, but I can give you a little, a little background. So they used to have these really funky colored uh, clubs with neoprene. I'm sure you saw them at the warehouse. They were like a teal forest green. And then there was some like red ones. Did you see any of those? I did. I did. I did. Yeah. I should. So, <laughs> I was. I don't want to over your overload some overload pictures to you. But uh, one with, uh, them out, them it was guy. It was called. Uh, I forgot the name of the program. I, I'll look at my phone and I'll, and uh, I think it, was, it wasn't called Interflow. Let me look at my pictures real fast. We're <laughs> talking about it. It's like you know Scott still had Scott's on it, so he still had hair. So. <laughs> cool. Do you have a ponytail? No, no. That was that was he was that was later later. But I, I found these old like geese, you know, with the Russian, you know, the Russian uh, martial arts, uh, the Ross, you know, kind of things, you know. So it's, it's pretty. It's like a f so so crazy how many years have passed. Uh, it's mm. called. Uh, it was called. No, it's into flow. Into flow with the okay. extension. That's it. That's it. Extension. Uh, and so he's there, like holding poses. You know, looks like club yoga, but it was way before, right? It's, it's really cool. It's called extension. Yeah. So they sell. Okay. It's, they sold this package with. Uh, with the, probably those club yoga style uh, club bells in them. Yeah, then, so I think the neoprene was like a model and then they designed the three pound one. The three pound one didn't exist before club yoga. So in order to, to make a set of those, you have to order like 10,000 or something crazy. It's like, you can't just order one. Um, so we took a chance and ordered the threes and I'm pretty sure a lot of people have clubs because you know, a lot of people have been ordering them. We're actually uh, kind of, I think, running out some of the sizes because it's it's we've sold more than than I don't know. I guess the most in like five five six years. So nice of all the ones or just the little baby ones. Uh, no, not not the not the club of yogas, but the okay. a few of the a few of the weights. You know, just because cool. it's been going crazy, which is cool. Awesome. Yeah, everyone's uh, training inside now, so it's yeah, like we're time. Yeah, yeah. Virtual studio time. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. The, um, like we, you know, we, I brought, I brought you down for the, uh, you know, the workshop, the, the club of yoga and the, the flow fit workshop. And then also did a flow state, flow state of mind coaching with you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, could you talk about what, what is flow state? What is flow state as in the concept of flow state? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Flow state is a state of hyper focus. Uh, where your action and, um, and awareness merge and you become completely present in the task at hand. So there's very specific markers for when an individual reaches flow state. So generally time might speed up or slow down. So think of in your workout, an attack fit workout, generally flow state kicks on between minutes 12 and 18. That's when the movements start to become easier because our motor patterns are, we're able to access a, the motor center in our brain to be able to execute succinctly and quickly and efficiently. And then our breathing starts to shift into a, a different gear as well, where it starts to become less laborious and more effortless, more ease. Mm. And we feel this sense of intrinsic reward. So there's a, a lot of research on flow state by Chizek Mahali, who's a Hungarian psychologist. He's the one who's done the most like the biggest quantity of white paper research on flow state and a lot of Scott's teachings are, he references um, that psychologist as well, but also pulls from a lot of other flow state research. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that is flow state. We try to get our people into flow state at the studio here at Flowshala. Our whole mission is how can we help people access flow state by teaching them mobility first and getting them out of pain and getting them out of fight or flight, giving them this broad toolbox of, of regressions 
So how can we get our, our clients and our, our students here at FlowShala into flow state and keep them there as long as possible because flow state is, a, is a, one of the most healing places for the human mind to make long-term sustainable behavioral change. And that's what I discovered after implementing these systems is you can't teach someone to uh, be creative, but you can teach them how to flow. And then naturally they're going to become more creative. You help them get, get more connected. Yeah, so you get them more connected. Live their, and Live their best life. Yeah, and the more, they're, the more they know and understand how to facilitate their own flow state, so then they're starting to take ownership of that and they can become more autonomous for it. And that's really when they can become their own coach. So my goal is to empower others to understand this stuff as well as we do as coaches. Mm -hmm. So my clients know the four-day wave inside and out. They know what we mean when we say mobility. They know all the breath levels of from uh, fear level breath to force, to discipline, to flow level breath, to mastery. But when you can know all these principles and have a really big toolbox and be motivated to implement it, like that, that's the whole goal is then you can teach people to heal themselves. So then they know how to get out of pain. They know how to take care of themselves. They know how to move from their highest self all the time and serve others. And that's the, it's like a, a cycle. It's like you can teach people all those principles and then they eventually they just want to help people. It's great. <laughs> that's basically how, how, that's why we're talking today. That's what got me. I got thrown on my head and it's got <laughs> me a movement to heal myself. And it all started from that and I never stopped thinking about it. And then it's, uh, it's been healing me all over everywhere and it's really helping me live my best life. I really feel that. Awesome. Yeah. I know you're super dedicated to your attack fit morning practice and it's like water to you just drinking water, you know, it's awesome that there, there's a book, right? Stealing fire, right? The center of the book, the flow mm -hmm. state book. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that book? What's, what's the author's name? Um, let's see. I think that one was by Jamie wheel and Stephen Kotler. I want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one of their first ones. Mm -hmm. Um, that book gives a lot of reference to like different businesses and how it's really important for the Navy SEALs to understand flow state and also like group flow state, which is called ecstasis. They also talk about psychedelics and whatnot too. So I think it's a big, it's just like a more of a, it's not just focused on fitness. So it's like, how does flow state? Oh, yeah. Why, it's why are we using state of mind really? Right. It's a state of mind. It's a way of being, whether it be working or working out or it doesn't matter. It's a, way, a state of being, right? Being super focused on whatever you do. Yeah, but also the group flow state stuff's interesting. Right, that, you that's all I was gonna, I was gonna, since you mentioned it, <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Group you, flow state? Yeah. <laughs> ecstasis? Yeah. Well, he talks, yeah, ecstasis, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when you have a room of individuals that are all in a flow state all at once, that's pretty magical. Like you can feel the, the energy in that room that everyone's super dialed and focused. They're all kind of like moving their bodies like a machine together in a physical setting. But you can get people in a group flow state and other modalities too, such as Wim Hof breath work. That's a great way to get into a more of a transcendental state because uh, it's meditation and breath work. Um, but yeah, when you, when you take a group of people that are all in a state of flow, the result is all of their brain waves are, are in a gamma brainwave state. So they're out of fight or flight. Like, you know, when people are really nervous, like right now we're in the COVID um, situation and they're, people are very much out of flow state. They're very much in, uh, they're in their prefrontal cortex, and which is fight or flight, right? They're, they're scared. Their adrenal system's taking over and their immune system is getting shut down <laughs> for, <laughs> for no reason because they watch the news too much. Yeah. And we just keep like, we keep patterning that it keeps getting deeper and deeper, but flow state's the true anecdote for that. It's like, if you can give your brain a little brain break and just be in flow state for like 
you know, 10 minutes out of that, like you have to put in an hour of work to get to flow state for 10 minutes. <laughs> and sometimes as you get more conditioned, you can get into flow state longer. Uh, but it's in that space where you can get into hypofrontality. That was another key marker of flow state is being able to turn off your prefrontal cortex, the, the analytical thinking, the self-critic, the inner critic, and be able to tap into higher functioning parts of your brain. And that's that's the beauty behind training flow state is like we have this really rad toolbox that Scott synthesized and did a frick ton of research to get it all nice in a pretty package. And we have this huge toolbox that we can share with people, but people aren't ready for all that all at once. They need an entry point. Like you said, <laughs> it all starts, it all starts by moving, right? That's, that's what he says when he did the, his end map, you know, the neuroplasticity, the, the neurogenesis, the arborization, arborization, and the myelinization, but it all starts with moving, right? Just do it. Just show up and do it. Show up and mobilize. <laughs> but I, I do think that there's different value in different types of movement. I think when you pair, like, I really love the magic, or not, it's not magic. I love the, uh, the, the clear and simple and concise pattern of into flow because it moves first in a linear pattern, then laterally, then in a circular pattern, then in a figure eight and infinity sign, and that just, it's just so simple. It's like move from simple to complex. And that's what your brain needs. That's what your nervous system needs to be able to build the neuroplasticity is like establish the basics, be in, be really, really good at the basics and the foundations and then build on your sophistication, your complexity. And that you could be doing forever. You could continue to grow and, and there's nuance in that, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, um, I was gonna ask it too, I lost my train of thought, um, you know, you were at your beautiful Flow Shell studio. Could you talk about, you know, actually, I remember what I wanted to talk to you, ask you about uh, the, the, our, our flow state uh, and our flow state coaching. I learned a lot, you know, and I went to India uh, like a couple of years ago with my wife and it was really nice. We got to travel around and one of our tour guides was, uh, was uh, he had a PhD in philosophy. So he taught like yoga, he did yoga and did a bunch of things, right? And we, we had, you know, of course we had deep conversations and he was telling me how how like your work, your work is meditation. You know, your work can, it can be meditation. You, you, whatever you're doing, whatever you whatever your work you're doing, whatever, as long as you're really, really into it is your meditation. So like in a way, like flow state, right? Depending how, what, what level you get to, right? Of like focus, there's levels, right? What do you think about that? I like it. I think, um, I think when you reach a certain point of, yeah, finding flow in your work, it's like, it doesn't feel like work. Like you treat the, all the activities that you do, whether for me, it's like today I had a Zoom call with, with eight of my coaches, teaching them transformation coaching and flow coaching, and then calling the brand new person that has no idea about this body of work and, and telling them how it's going to change their life and helping them get clear on their goals to training my cleaning team. It's like, I'm stoked to train the cleaning team. That's flow. All this is related to the bigger organism, which is empowering people to be able to access flow and so i think when you get to that place that's it's like it's just like the there's like i'm sure there's some monk or buddhist sort of saying where it's like what is it it's uh <laughs> uh carry it's like pick up water carry the water pick up water carry the water pick up water like do the thing over and over rinse wash repeat and then when you can get into that state of flow where anything that you're doing that's related to the service of being able to empower others. It's like everything has its same amount of value from training the cleaners to teaching the seminar where you're, you know, that's, that's more of a fun thing to do, but I still think that all the things are as important and 
necessary and there's flow in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your, let's talk about your studio since I brought it up. So let's talk about Flushala. Sure, yeah. uh, what was the, well, of course, like you've been, you know, involved with this, this line of work at the last 15 years, right? Directly training with Scott and everything else. Um, what made you, I guess, go all in with it? Yeah. So I taught seminars for like six years before I started the flow shala, probably six or seven years. Mm -hmm. And my job, I had a private personal training business and I had a, a couple coaches that I had trained to like cover my clients when I was traveling. And so it was gig life. Like it was, you know, do a, a, a gig in Hungary, do a gig in London, go to New York, try to promote the thing. You know, it's a lot of work to fill seminars. And that was kind of like, that kind of became like a full-time job for me was like managing my annual seminar schedule, like 10 seminars a year. Um, and then being able to mentor those coaches and make sure that they're delivering their classes well and they're still growing and that they know what do, to do to grow their communities. So I got a lot of practice before I started the Flow Shala with mentoring coaches um, and making sure that there was very clear specific objectives for how to do it. So yeah, I guess it all kind of just happened serendipitously of like, oh, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been training and leading for a long time. Why not just put all that energy into one space and then I don't have to travel as much because travel gets really tiring when you, that's the only thing that you, that's like your livelihood. You know, I have a kid. I had a, my son was like two when I started traveling. I think I went to the FlowFit seminar, the first FlowFit seminar in Vegas with Coach Son. And after I stopped nursing, I was like, after that, I was like, cool, done nursing. All right, here we go. And then I went to all these places and it was just too much. Like got to me for a bit because every time I'd be away from my son, my heart would just hurt and I'd be like thinking about him and how I could, like I tallied up one year how much time I spent away from my son. It was like four months. Four months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the Flow Shala has allowed me to make a really big impact on the local community. Um, and I just walked into this space. I actually have two floors. So this is the upstairs um, where we do all of our group classes and then downstairs is private coaching. And then there's uh, some offices down there where we do like consults for behavioral change, coaching, flow state of mind, coaching, nutrition, coaching, um, and healing work. So yeah, I just came in. I was like, this is the space. Like I've been looking for a space for like two years and I kept seeing, I was like, wow, my students are like getting famous in Hungary or they're getting like so much notoriety for this club of yoga. That's like changing people's lives. They teach at yoga festivals. I was like, okay, it's got the social proof. Like people are blowing up. Like I just got to start a flagship studio. And so I just kind of went all in and, um, yeah, here I am. <laughs> cool. Really awesome. Um, I have a, a personal question on, on like going back in your, you know, in your career, your education, like learning yourself, being a student, you know, uh, and then also like being a, being a, an educator and, a, and a, you know, a leader. How do you think you could have done some things better? Uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> a good what, question i what, like that what, what would those things be you know i would i there's been a, a few a handful of friendships that i have lost um over the years because we didn't agree on a thing or maybe i rubbed somebody the wrong way about something or maybe i was just too fast and too dialed and too i'm like kind of like a i sometimes can come off a little bit intense or like aggressive because i i see the path and i want to execute the path and like a doer like want to take action and not everyone's that way and so i think if i was to do anything different i would be a little bit more like cautious and slow down and like i guess more 
soft with some people to be able to maintain some relationships that meant a lot to me. And now, you know, it's, it's, it's a bummer to, to see like those friendships like fade, but I guess that's just part of life, you know, it's just, that's a natural thing that would happen to anyone. So that would be one thing. Um, it's just, I would love to tell those people, any people that I, you know, our friendships have suffered because of different shifts in our schisms in our direction of where we went whether that's old students or anyone, I just want you to know whoever is out there um, that I'm always open to, to talking and to, to connecting. And you're all, anyone is always welcome here at Floshala as long as they're showing up with an authentic heart. So, um, yeah, so it's, um, uh, I was gonna ask you, I, totally, I keep losing my train of thought. I'm thinking <laughs> no about what you're saying. You know? <laughs> Um, but uh, you know, so the the relationships and uh, uh, that you've had, as there as there, you th like we're, we're different parts of our different times of our life, right? We we're in different or different mindsets, right? Um, and so it seems like you're in a really good place now, or in a better place than maybe you were, you know, maybe. Some yeah, I think I was. I think I always before I started the flow shala, I didn't really understand leadership, and it, it took me a good year. Of running this place to really understand it because I was so used to doing things my own way. I was like, you know, I think it's a really common thing with people when they have like a founder syndrome or they're like, I'm used to doing it my way, it's my way, the highway. And then when you realize that you're only as strong as your team and you have to slow down and meet them where they're at and really connect with them. So every team meeting we do, we always do like a wellness check in, like where are we at with our movement practice and then just a personal check-in so that we can all be aware of where we're coming from when we get to that meeting. So that's been just little things like that to be able to connect with people more and, and listen and look in their eyes and see like what's going on. I can't just go straight for my agenda. I need to like be present with this person. Like maybe they had a crazy like traumatic thing happen earlier today and I want to just jump into my agenda. So yeah, I've just been able to continue to hone and I'm not I'm nowhere fit near being finished like I want to learn how to work with you really well and I want to learn how I can you know be a part of be of service to the TACFIT Academy and TACFIT organization and you know ESIC as well and Nestor so yeah I'm excited to be able to step into a place of leadership that I I feel ready for and maybe at the time I, a few years back I wasn't quite ready but I feel I feel ready now I feel it too um I'm, I'm excited to have you hopefully come down one of these these days i know you're you're more home but you know la burbank's not too far right it's a it's one oh i'm down i love coming coming to hollywood or to that area it's, yeah it's it's a short flight once we get back into flying mode and <laughs> uh, i'm looking forward to uh, seeing a club of yoga come back to life you know uh as far in the uh, be out there again so i'm really excited about that yeah i think a lot of people are going to be stoked and yeah it'll We'll just give it a nice little refresh and see what happens. But we've been rocking it out here at the Flow Shala. And I know a lot of teachers that have been teaching it for years and years. They just love it. And TACFIT people like it too. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I'm excited, actually, to be able to come to TACFIT seminars. Like, that's one thing I'm so, super stoked about. We're going to be installing rings up here on these um, beams. Nice. I don't know if you can see the beams up there. But. Nice. Well, that's a, it's, amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing studio. Really beautiful. The light in there. Yeah, yeah, it's on the second floor. So we have views of the bay, views of the mountain. It's just pretty awesome to wake up and see the sunrise in here and then see the sunset. Like we have a really sweet space and you come in and it smells good. It smells like essential oil because we clean the mats with like tea tree and lavender and peppermint. 
keeping it keeping it sanitary. That's <laughs> you know, so funny, right? Because uh, when you, when I came when you came down, I listened to everything. Anybody that was connected to Scott, I really like. I went all in. You know, you told me to get uh, the 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 essential essential oils. I bought. I got them. You know, I got a whole <laughs> pack. You know, package of them. And and uh, you know, it's funny because I you know I, I did I did what you said, right? But I wasn't really ready for it, right? And then I do like some of these neuro applied neuroscience courses and stuff. And I didn't have smell on my right nostril and just kind of it just how much it affects. Like I, you know, I'm trying to like do like more work and be able to do more and how much smell affects like your brain function and just your overall being and, and, and energy that you have. Right. And so, you know, I had a moment where I, like I use, I, I use essential oils now to like, when I wake up, I drink my water and I put, I use a little, I use a little lemon in the morning, you know, I, I play around with it, you know, a little eucalyptus, you know, like maybe <laughs> instead of like drinking coffee or whatever, I just use these little, these little tricks and uh, man, it's, it's, it gives you more, it gives you more life. And so it's, it's, it's cool. You know, it's cool to kind of come full circle with some of these things. And even like you talk about chakras and, you know, like, you know, me, well, I, I love like Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and just, he kind of talks about the science of it, you know, how everything, you know, that, you know, you know, talk, people talk from the top down, right? But also bottom up, right? Depending how you, how you look at it, right? But just how you have to have all these things aligned for you to really tap into that flow state, to that pineal gland and have everything like, you know, say magic, but it's, it's you know, you want to say magic, but it is, you know? It's where the magic happens and you really can live your best life. So I'm really excited to, to talk to you, hear about all these projects and see you like in a really good headspace, you know, because I've known... Well, I've, I haven't known you, but we, we got to spend some time together, you know, like some, some, I don't know, it was like four years ago or something like that, three, four years ago. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really good to, to hang out with you and talk to you. Um, uh, how can people find you? Uh, they can go to Floshala, at Floshala on Instagram. That's S-H-A-L-A. -A. Um, they can go to at Summer Huntington on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. I'm not as active there. Instagram's kind of a new way. I also have a YouTube channel. It's just Summer Huntington. And I've been putting up a lot of cool tutorials with heavy clubs. And I'll play, I'm planning to actually filming tomorrow with my film gal. And so we're going to keep working on some just teaser videos uh, for people to understand this stuff, this really complex stuff really succinctly and mm. make it pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the difference, right? Production. Yeah. And I wanted to say, Alberta, when you're talking about the pineal gland, because I was kind of hanging with you there for a second. Um, yeah, I think that you're an amazing leader. And I'm so excited that you are the new leader of Tafit Academy. I think the sky's the limit. And I've seen the athletes that you train, like you've trained how many black belts, like 30 black belts or 25? What's your number? I think I'm, I think I'm close to 50, you know, and one 50. The, oh, yeah, my God. like, like directly, right? Directly. So, you know, I'm, I'm it's definitely, it's kind of crazy right now because we're shut down. And so I kind of think about that and uh, it's kind of crazy. Right. But we'll go back to normal. Like the, you know, people that just, we want to be around other people, you know, what was that? What was the term called? The Navy SEAL, the group. Uh, ecstasis, uh, group flow state. <laughs> ecstasis, you know, people want that ecstasis, you know, and uh, jiu-jitsu classes, you know, group tactic classes, group, you know, club of yoga. Like you get those things, you get that ecstasis. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, Think that's where the magic does happen you know because we can tap into the quantum we can tap into that unified field right if oh my gosh you're speaking my language <laughs> i'm so stoked to hear it i'm really stoked i mean yeah the shockers are, can be perceived as super hippy dippy but if you go down to the science of it science now 
it's it's concentrated nerve ganglia in seven parts of your spine and then the crown one is the pineal gland which is our connection to universal consciousness and this collective so we're kind of coming into this state where everyone's like ready to hear this stuff like everyone's ready to receive it and i think the more people we can get living from their highest self and not from their fear state lowest self the better because we're stronger together you know so i'm stoked to be part of the team and i look forward to future talks and yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you, Summer. Thank you. All right, cool. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.